0: There are many sports podcasts out there, but only this one is right on.
1: We wrap up our breakdowns of the NFC West with the Rams and the 49ers today on the Right On Sports Podcast. Welcome everybody to the Right On Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Wright, and I'm here with my co-host, Marcus Wisner. Marcus, how you doing, man?
0: Hey, I'm doing pretty good, Kyle. How are you doing, man?
1: You know, I'm fantastic. I'm actually sitting here right now. I'm looking at a Fanatics gift card that I have yet to mail out. I'm looking at a Team MVP and Bose gift card that I have yet to mail out. I, I'm, uh, I'm doing this new thing where I just don't give a damn about anything for some reason.
0: And I come home from work and I'm a lazy bum. Hey, man. That's, you know what that's called? That means you need a vacation. That's exactly what that means. It's coming, baby,
1: because speaking of vacation, Marcus and I will be taking the week of July 6th and July 9th off from the podcast. Listen, guys, we're human beings. We're both going out of town. We're both going to be away from our computers. And just just because we're honest people, I don't want to tote my podcast stuff to, to Indianapolis. So, Marcus, you don't want to
0: tote your stuff all over the place. So. No yeah, I've got three monitors. I've got a mic. I've got a gaming computer. I, that's, that's too much and, and a camera, that's too much. that That's just
1: too much. yeah, i'm not I'm not toting my stuff all over the place. So we are taking those uh, those weeks off. But we'll be back the week after with the AFC South. very excited to get to that because we got a couple great people that are going to be joining us that week, including Chef Chris from Bo's restaurant on twenty three o four Thomas Drive in Panama City Beach, Florida. Uh, If you want to call ahead, their phone number is 850-775-1828. Beautiful outdoor eating area. They have cornhole boards. They do have beer and wine. Uh, They are open Monday to Saturday. Saturday, I did not know this until last weekend, is breakfast only. So if you don't get to experience their breakfast during the week, go out there and give it a shot on Saturday. Absolutely incredible stuff going on out there at Bo's Restaurant. All right, so as you guys know, this week we are focusing on the NFC West, and what better way to kick off Episode 2 than with the defending NFC West champions and the defending NFC champions and the defending Super Bowl runner-ups, the, Super, the San Francisco 49ers. And we have a fan of that team on the phone with us right now, Johnny Jacko. How you doing, Johnny?
2: Absolutely, brother. Doing good. Thank you for having me. How are you?
1: Hey, we're all good on this side of things. Marcus?
0: Hey, man, just another day down here in Tampa, yeah. you know, enjoying the uh, yeah. the good weather down here, a lot of rain. So that's, compared to, I'm sure, Phoenix, Arizona, it's, it's a whole <laughs> different.
2: Nine day. I think it was 109 degrees today. But just picking backing off of what Kyle said, you, you mentioned all these accolades, uh, winning the division, going to the Super Bowl, winning a couple of playoff games. If you're a Niner fan, you haven't heard that, that kind of noise in a while. So it's, it's got to feel good. It's got to feel, you know, exciting. To know that there's a future in this organization and we're and going from you know a sub 500 team that couldn't find a way to win four games to winning 10 plus for hopefully you know multiple years to come so it's an exciting time to be a Niners fan right now absolutely oh
1: easily marcus before we get started i have a question for you what's up buddy and i know we're limited on time so we're uh, we don't have to go crazy but was there like a mini super bowl parade today down in tampa because i saw the first official images (laughs) non-photoshopped of tom brady in his buccaneers uniform oh man out today and i know the buccaneer faithful down there probably going ape shit
0: right now well i'm i'm probably about 20 25 miles away from raymond james stadium i could have swore i heard the cannons firing from over here man (laughs) i'm sure i i thought i thought maybe it was some construction but no that was definitely the cannons firing so appreciate the reminder of that well, Marcus, I'll lie, keep it Tom on looks you.
2: Really oh. good in that red. Tom looks really good in that red, guys. Not going <laughs> to lie. Holy moly,
1: he, he does, man. It's it's really it's a really <laughs> weird thing seeing it though. It's I, I don't know. I, I guess I'm used to seeing him in the New England jersey or a Pro Bowl jersey, and it's and, and even then the Pro Bowl jersey not too often because he's usually in the damn Super Bowl. But
0: <laughs> Marcus, I'll keep it on you, bro, for the first question. All right, man. So let's go ahead and make the. Let's get this thing started. You, you guys made it to the Super Absolutely. Bowl. You almost won it, even if it wasn't for Mahomes crushing y'all in the second half. I mean, that's another very, topic very for another day. 90%. But yeah. based off of last season, what would you say your team did best to improve your chances of making it back to the Super Bowl this year?
2: Absolutely. Well, a lot of a lot of of, of things that people can't point out unless you really follow the team is is the whole offensive line situation. So. We all know Joe Staley is the mecca. He's he's the example of the left tackle, but unfortunately, down the stretch, he got hurt a lot. And for those that don't know, um, he didn't play the whole Super Bowl. He got hurt, I believe, before halftime, forcing Jonathan Scholz, the backup, in in an impossible situation. And you saw the difference in the game once Joe Staley was out. So going out there and getting a guy like Trent Williams, who's arguably one of the best at his position, and having a, a foundational left tackle that can guard jimmy garoppolo's blind side and someone that's reliable down the stretch i believe was the biggest difference maker between that super bowl team that you saw to the 49ers that we're going to see coming up here in september and it's you know and that's one position but i'm i'm telling you the game changed once joe staley came out and we forced you know a younger guy to, to play in the biggest game you know of the season so that, that's a pretty tough task for a younger guy like Jonathan so. Cole.
1: <clears throat> I know this is probably gonna sound a little crazy, but from the outside looking yeah. in, I feel like the best moves that San Fran made this offseason were getting rid of getting rid of the overcrowded depth. And what I mean by this was they have so many good young wide receivers. They they went ahead and got rid of the veteran Emmanuel Sanders. And that's going to give yep. guys like Debo Samuel a chance to step in and be the guy that we know he can be. And the same thing on the running back court. The, they trade Matt Breda, who I uh, thank you for that, by yep. the way, because I'm a Dolphins fan, but they trade <laughs> Breda to the, to the Miami Dolphins, probably get a great player for the future. And they take out that overcrowded running back course. So now, for, and now Coleman are both going to get the touches that they both deserve. And I think that that was, um, that was an undercover, incredible move that the 49ers made.
2: Absolutely. And then they let go of Marcus Goodwin, too. too. Uh, and, yep. and so there's two wide receivers completely letting go, bringing in Brandon Ayoub. You can definitely tell that Kyle Shanahan wants the younger, stronger, you know, upcoming regime versus the guys that have been doing it for a while. And I agree. We trim the fat in some of those, you know, skill positions that, and then don't forget Jerick McKinnon, right? We're still, I know the guy's been hurt for two years and he's been oh, you know, kind of in the reserve spot, but this guy, you know, just reading the forums, he's arguably supposed to be in the best shape of his life now. If he comes in and he's even half of what he's supposed to be, I think there's room for improvement in the 49ers running game, to be honest with you guys. so. <clears throat>
0: and then on so top of that too, as well. I talk about, too, don't forget that you guys traded DeForest Buckner and you got the 13th overall pick from the Colts and you tra- and you picked a player that was younger who was probably going to be a plug-and-play, might even be a day-one starter on the defensive line.
2: Exactly. And that's hard, right? Like, Who wants to let go of DeForest Buckner? I mean, it, it was a tough thing, but you had a situation where you have Arik Armstead and DeForest Buckner, arguably similar talents, but you can pay Arik less and then go and bring a guy in like Javon Kimlock to- to take over DeForce's spot. I think from a team standpoint that was probably the best financial decision that they could make cuz cap cap space in general is going to be an issue as the 49ers you know have to start paying these guys like Kittle and and some of these bigger name guys like Rice who just got a big, big contract not too long ago. It's something to keep in mind as well.
1: <clears throat> Absolutely. And I do think it'll I do think there'll be a little bit of a lingering effect from losing uh from losing Buckner, but it it, it won't last very long. If it, if it hurts at all so let's move on to the next question here Um, usually news like this comes out the day after we record Uh, like the the (laughs) Dalvin Cook news of his holdout came after like two days after we recorded our Vikings episode Um, but it's pretty cool so Kyle Shanahan just got a new six-year contract um, making him a top five paid coach in the year as far as a yearly salary goes with that in mind Who do you think will be on the 49ers last? Or I'm sorry, who do you think will leave the 49ers first? Which is the way I should should word this question. Do you think uh, Jimmy G exits or do you think Shanahan exits?
2: You know what? One thing I'll say about Kyle Shanahan is the, the best years that Kirk Cousins, Matt Ryan, and Jimmy Garoppolo had was with Kyle Shanahan. So, in my personal opinion, I think Shanahan makes the quarterback. Love Jimmy has all the tangibles that you want to, to be effective. But I, I think without Kyle Shanahan, um, Jimmy G does not have the success that he's had and he won't have the success that, that will come. So to answer your question, I think Jimmy G is is a product of Kyle Shanahan. I think Kyle Shanahan is going to be here to stay for a very, very long time. So.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you there on that one. Um, just some numbers to throw at you. Um, in comparison to what he's had before this again this is his first full season uh, but he didn't even hit four thousand yards passing and i think there was there was even a game where he had 10 pass attempts like if you're being paid a lot of money as a quarterback and your coach only allows you to throw 10 times that's not a lot of faith in you especially if you're trying to be you know you're a top tier paid quarterback if you listen to a, a couple segments we had ago it was about you know what should Dak be paid? And Jimmy G was on that list as far as a top tier sal- salary range. But I mean, he was sacked 36 times, which is you know that, yeah. that's obviously a lot, a, of lot, a, lot, of a lot of turnovers. But turnovers. the fact of the matter is, is yeah. I mean, this is the next question. But you guys were a very, very run heavy team. I mean, it, it showed whenever it came to the Super Bowl, and you guys were down, and that method didn't work, and you had to throw the ball, and it seemed like your offense didn't yeah. even seem it didn't seem natural. So I think Kyle Shanahan will obviously stay longer. Um, and whoever comes through, I mean, you could put almost anybody back there, and I think they're going to be successful. I just think Shanahan's a phenomenal coach.
2: Absolutely. But two two things I'll point out to you. Um, first thing is, if you look, and I, and I know the team wasn't as good in the past, but if you look at Jimmy G's winning percentage versus the other guys that have played with Kyle in the Niners system, I think there's definitely some some – highlights you need to put on Jimmy due to the fact that he's outplayed and and he's been a winner when he's on the field. And when he's not on the field, the Niners don't win. And I want to point out four games last year. So you guys, a lot of people may not be aware of this, but Jimmy G had four fourth fourth quarter comebacks. That is more than any other quarterback in the league that's not named Josh Allen. Mind you, he beat Drew Brees in New Orleans on a primetime game in the fourth quarter, last drive. Everybody knows it. Kittle turned into the WWE SmackDown guy, and just straight up just dismantled the whole defense of, of the New Orleans Saints. And then you have the game against the Rams, where Jimmy came back in the fourth quarter. That was uh, one of the, that was, I think it was week 16. Then you have the Cardinals, and you had Pittsburgh. So for the 16 regular season games, you have a situation where Jimmy had to throw the ball, and he won the games. Mind you, all these games, he had over 20 attempts. So it's not that Jimmy can't do it. It's just down the stretch, we didn't see it. And mind you, during that Green Bay game, we didn't have to throw the ball to win that game, but I am right there with you. If Jimmy can't find a way to throw the ball down the field effectively and, and stop with the silly turnovers, um, that, that is the biggest room for improvement for the Niners is that, is that passing game and Jimmy transcending to the next level and limiting those silly mistakes that we saw down the stretch.
0: Yeah, you as those are some awesome points that you mentioned. And before I hit the next question, just a little pointer in the four years that he's played or at least been on the field, he only has five losses. So I think myself or mainly Kyle would appreciate somebody who only has five losses in four years. So, yeah, that's I mean, that (laughs) I
1: actually was sitting here thinking about it. I'm glad you pulled it up on the spot. Um, and then we'll let you get on to the next question. But that is absolutely (laughs) ridiculous. Uh, I mean, he's probably. I mean, I don't know his number of wins, but he's got to have at least thirty wins too in that time. That's pretty crazy.
0: He's got twenty-one.
1: Good. Okay, good. At yeah. least twenty is what I said. So,
0: yeah. All right. So let's go on to the next question, man. <laughs> like I mentioned before, your team was a very, very run-heavy team last year. They struggled when they needed to pass more and went behind games. You know, again, we mentioned before with the Super Bowl. With this upcoming season, do you feel that they'll be, they'll stick to the same strategy, or do you think they're going to become a more of a balanced offense?
2: No, and th- the reason why I say that is every team in the league now has a full, full, full print analysis on how the Niners play football. They know we're going to run the football. I mean, they know we have a dominant line. If we don't find the way to pass the ball better, I, I think the running game will be as effective as the passing game allows. So it's going to take a situation to where the Niners have to get better. Like you said, they trimmed the fran- fat. They went after a guy like Brandon Ayuk. In my opinion, he's he's got. I mean, from just a yak yard standpoint. This guy takes the football, and he finds a way to get it in the end zone. If he becomes the player that he's supposed to, and then, of course, we have the guys from last year, the younger guys. If that younger class can can transcend even further, and you got guys like Dante Pettis who we're hoping come to fruition, I'm hoping that these younger guys plus Kittle can complement the run game. But I'm telling you, if we're one-dimensional and we're only running the football and teams know that... It's going to be a really long season unless we can get the passing game going, get the play action going, and get Jimmy Garoppolo more involved in in some of our better offensive games. So We just got to pass the ball better, period.
1: Well, listen, I think it goes without saying that they need to definitely get the uh, passing offense just a little bit more involved in the team this year. But I do want to just kind of point out that run heavy – is not necessarily a bad thing. So what you don't want is you don't want what you were saying there, Johnny. You you don't want the teams to know that you're going to be running the ball. You want to definitely get a passing game a little bit more established. But I don't think that run heavy is bad because what what does running the ball do? It trims the game down. It trims the game length yep. down. Less, there's less plays. There's less everything. And when you have a defense like San Francisco, who's going to hold the opponent to under 20 points – uh, you know, a lot of the time, at least you, it's not so bad to have a quick game where San Francisco can score twenty, twenty-four, thirty points, and they're going to be beating people. And it's, it's that's. I don't think that running the ball a, a whole lot is bad, especially when they could have a three-headed monster in that backfield this off season or this season with McKinnon, um, McKinnon, Mosford, and Colman. the other guy.
2: Yeah, Coleman. Um, yeah. That's I that's think the same. Those- I think you hit it right on the head. And, and and to be honest, you saw it firsthand. Like we beat Green Bay in an NFC championship, only throwing the ball less than 10 times. Mostard has four touchdowns, 250-something odd yards. So I'm with you. It's, it's effective. The only thing that, that I guess I'm, I'm coming from is, is the league grows fast. And people know what we're trying to do now. And if we don't get right. creative and if we don't change things up, it's going to be, you know, you can only do the same thing so many times until other people start figuring it out. And I'm right there with you. I hope we still have a strong run game, but I really challenge the 49ers, to, you know, to get very creative, get the play action going, get Kittle the ball any way that you can. Just just get the ball in the playmaker's hands and, and kind of complement that run game um, with, with more passing. I would like to see Garoppolo get over $4,000. yards. i would like to see less than 20 turnovers you know you know and i think if they do that in complement with a good run game i don't think it's a crazy statement to say that we could see the niners back you know in the super bowl for the next the next upcoming season so mr I think ultimate,
1: Oh no you yo, no i don't think that's crazy <laughs> at all i mean i think this that chiefs 49ers super bowl could be the lakers celtics that we got for so long
2: the yep. at least Agreed.
1: i mean at least the late generation of it or the warriors cavaliers kind of thing but let's move on to the heart and soul of this conversation, the schedule. The 49ers are projected to be one of the top teams in the NFC, probably the NFL, and they have a great chance of making it back to the Super Bowl, which is in Tampa Bay this year. So what is your win-loss projection on the season, Is and do you feel like this is a Super Bowl or bust type of season?
2: Um, to answer the latter of your questions, yes. And, and only the reason I say that is where do we get worse? It, it, we got better in every category, in my opinion, as a team. I don't see anywhere where we've lasted, other than the divorce thing, divorce buckner thing we've talking about. So, yes, I think it's Super Bowl of us. I'm going to say 11 and 5, because I will not be surprised that the 49ers only win three of their six divisional games. I hate playing the Cardinals, I hate playing the Rams, and I hate playing, playing Seattle, because all three of those teams show up every time we play them and 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 watch the cardinals go seven and nine but half of those games be from our own division so i think we'll get beat up in our own divisional game and i think there's two outside teams that will find a way to beat us most likely so i'm going to say 11 and five with with most of those losses coming within our own division
0: so i have you guys going 13 and three i mean i have okay i just i just think that you guys are just you're solid all around the pieces that you guys struggle with, you upgraded. it. Uh, the one position you guys lost the biggest since Joe Staley. You got Trent Williams and you gave you got him yep. for nothing. For nothing. <laughs> I believe his last full season he played, he was the third best tackle by Pro Football Focus, and he was number one in passing and number two rushing. Like you what? I and heard. you got him for what I believe it was a fifth, a fifth rounder.
2: Yeah, they gave him away. Like, just, it was like, here we, you go.
0: Like, we don't, we don't need you anymore. I mean, <laughs> I mean, off topic stuff, you know, I, that was mainly because of Washington's medical staff and nobody wants to play sure, for Dan yeah. Snyder. Like, but, but the thing yeah. is, is <laughs> you guys are solid all around. Like, everywhere that you, like, you're, even, okay, you got rid of Matt Breida and you gave him to the Dolphins. The Dolphins needed him more than you did. You obviously have Raheem Agreed. Moster who wants to run four touchdowns at two hundred plus yards in the NFC Championship <laughs> game. Cool. All right. So obviously yeah. found your back. You have a third stringer who's making eight million dollars as a runner running back, Jarrett McKinnon. I mean, you don't really need him, but if he performs, it you know it's like a it's oh, a win win. Yeah. But I have you guys losing Week Seven, Week Eight, and Week Sixteen. Week Seven is at what are the Fox Week Seven is at Foxborough. Week Eight is okay. uh at seattle and week 16 is at arizona like you mentioned a couple of those those games but ultimately yeah.
2: um yeah
0: yeah so i actually have you guys going to the super bowl in tampa like i have you guys representing the fc but i realistically think 13-3 is achievable um but if like they could go 11-5 we'll, we'll see they could they could be worse you know they could go 16-0 but they have a, a solid team all around
2: Yeah, and I agree with you. And I wanna, and I wanna be overly optimistic, and and I have in the past. But Russell Wilson has burned me so many times, I'm literally scarred for life, and so I'll never rule that guy out. He he was one inch, guys. He was one inch away from winning the whole NFC. Russell Wilson was one inch away from beating the 49ers, beating Drew Brees, beating every team in the NFC, and the only reason why. He didn't, you know, get the bye week. is because Drake Greenlaw, this rookie that comes out of nowhere, makes the best play arguably of the 49ers season and, and wins us the bye week. Um, but that's my argument is, is, is Seattle and Russell Wilson is an absolute nightmare. They're capable of winning every game. Uh, they're methodical. They find a way to get the ball on the last drive almost every game, and it's annoying. But between them and, like I said, the Cardinals just getting better offensively. Um I think that whole division is going to be one big bloodbath and I'm really excited uh but obviously a little bit nervous knowing that you know it's anyone's game when it comes to these divisional games within the NFC West. So, yeah. I right,
1: so I actually have the 49ers going 11 and 5 as well. Um I have them losing to I have them losing at the Giants. The the thing about the 49ers is they always find a way to lose to teams like the New York Giants it, 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 at least once a year. Yeah and i do yep. think the giants are going to be a little bit better this year i don't i don't have them being completely i mean i don't have them doing a complete turnaround but i actually don't think daniel jones is that horrible um i have them losing at new england as well i have them losing at seattle at new orleans and uh at home yeah. against buffalo i think buffalo is definitely going to turn up this year um but i have i do have you beating my Miami Dolphins and Marcus's Dallas
2: Cowboys. So you're welcome. Wow. Thank you. I'm flattered. But you know, they, all three arguments are, are valid. And I'm right there with you. They can go 13 and three, but 11 and five is not crazy. You see the schedule. God, you have to play Drew Brees. You got to play Russell Wilson. You got to play Dak Prescott. You know, you gotta, you gotta play that whole division.
0: Jones. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, it could be Andy Dalton this season, so I'm not pushing any buttons oh here. My. By that,
2: that'll Matt, be week fifteen.
0: You <laughs> <laughs> it can, I mean, it could. Well, let's face it, I mean, my Cowboys was that beat one team with a record over five hundred last year, so I'm marking that one as an L for me.
2: <laughs> you know what? I, I just we'll, we'll see, but I'm telling you that offense. It makes every sense in the world for that offense to. to just thrive so we'll see with some of their you know new uh players that they brought on board land and such but I, I in theory dallas should be killing it on offense so we will see my friends we will see
1: absolutely well hey johnny i want to give you a chance to deliver some of your final thoughts and then we're going to move on to the uh to the la rams
2: awesome well just in general uh, like i said it's an exciting time for the 49ers i've been a long-time fan I've seen a lot of grueling years. I've seen, you know, I was the, the knucklehead at, at 24 years old that got season tickets when Chip Kelly was, was coach. I'd fly out uh, to San Francisco, Santa Clara every Sunday and watch the 49ers get absolutely, absolutely destroyed. I think 2-14 was the record that year. But just seeing all these years of us losing and then losing our GM, losing Harbaugh and all this turmoil, and now finally, finally you can wake up in the morning when it's Sunday and you're excited about watching the 49ers. You have... And you have an, a, a thought in your head that they have the potential to win every game. And that in itself is something I haven't felt forever. So I'm excited. Uh, I'm, I'm grateful. God, I'm grateful. And I really, really hope this lasts forever. So yeah, last words from, from a diehard 49ers fan. Thank you guys so much. I really appreciate you guys having me on the show.
1: Absolutely, man. You can come back on anytime.
2: Awesome. Kyle, Marcus, I hope both of you have a good day. Thank you so much.
1: I appreciate it thank you bud all right guys we're gonna take a short break we'll be right back with the la rams planning a trip to disney can be extremely stressful more stressful than it should be that's why when my wife and i took our honeymoon there we used adventures with Allie. Allie planned our entire trip for us from the moment we left our home to the moment we left orlando and everything was absolutely perfect The best part about it is that Allie's services are 100% complimentary. She even allows you to make payments on your trip, which was extremely useful for us at the time because we were new parents. Book your trip to Disney or even Universal today by contacting Allie via email at Allie, that's A-L-L-Y, at GlassSlipperConcierge.com or by simply messaging her on her Facebook page, Adventures with Allie, specializing in Disney travel and more. All right, welcome back, everybody. Thank you for staying with us. We actually do not have a Rams fan on the phone, so we're going to get into the reasons why here in just a second. But in the meantime, we want to plug our good friends over at KL Skaggs Heating and Air LLC. It's really hot outside, guys. Make sure you get that AC and working order. If you live here in the Panhandle area, give these guys a call and tell them you heard about them on the Ride On Sports podcast. And you never know what might happen. Phone number is 850-238-5414. Shout out to Chris Skaggs over there. Look at the reviews online. That's all you need to know about them. Marcus, we don't have a Rams fan.
0: Hey man, i you know it happens sometimes. I mean, if there was St. Louis, I just called the in-laws. You know, my in-laws are from St. Louis. I could have somebody in a heartbeat. They moved to LA. Fortunately, nobody cares about the Rams in LA.
1: (laughs) So we we got through four eight. We got through fifteen teams before we ran into this issue. So that's that's pretty good. good. I think so, and I think there's one or two other teams that we're gonna have this with. But I mean, we're gonna get ninety percent of the league in here, so that's gonna be pretty cool.
0: Yeah, I I think so. I mean, just for the fact of you know we're a small podcast and we're able to find. You know, if he found 25 fans, that's that's awesome. You know, yeah. But we're going to run a cu- across a couple of teams. I mean, it it's just it's just it's just going to happen. I mean, we we live in Florida. Finding somebody who's in you know California who's a Rams fan is going to be quite difficult. And even you and I tried to join Facebook group pages for the Rams, and we couldn't even get anybody to volunteer to come on. Nope, couldn't get anybody, and so here we
1: are. And I'm wondering if. They're just ashamed to admit that they're Rams fans. And what I mean by that is they live in Los Angeles, right? Well, maybe they, they don't live in Los Angeles. Our Rams fan probably would have been from Utah or something like that. But because <laughs> that seems to be our trend. Arkansas. But not that that, not, <laughs> Arkansas. Not that there's anything wrong with it. It's just we're getting, we're getting some weird spaces. We've had two Utahs, a Montana, and Arizona. I mean – Hey, that's pretty cool. And the, uh, the Arizona guy was not even a Cardinals fan. That was our 49ers fan uh, just in that last segment. So, yeah, exactly. But uh, I'm wondering if they're just ashamed to admit it because th- this team's in L.A., which is probably the most glamorous city in the United States as far as you know, fashion and graphic design and everything. And they
0: have an absolutely ass logo like i don't know how 2 years ago you were fresh into la you go to the super bowl and then you go so far backward that you become the laughing stock of the nfl like that logo it literally looks like they called up ea and said hey guys can we like take one of your create a team logos and just like twist it into like the la rams and someone says yeah we got you and they came up with that like it's it's disgusting
1: yeah. Oh no, absolutely. It, and the uniforms are even. I don't know. I have to admit, I did not like the uniforms when they came out because they looked like IKEA employee jerseys. <laughs> best but Buy. But <laughs> I, I, yeah. But I gotta admit, they're kind of growing on me just a little bit, and not not all of them. But I really, I like the home jerseys quite a bit, honestly.
0: Uh, they should just stuck with the throwbacks. I mean, honestly, those are the probably the best ones, in my opinion. But uh, you know, everybody has their own opinion. All I know is that if you if you they look better if you win in those uniforms. If you don't, <laughs> throw them away, yeah. and burn them. <laughs> Nobody's gonna care what
1: you're wearing if you win some ball games. <laughs> so let's um let's get into this a little bit, man. I'm <laughs> I'm excited to do this um because we're we can actually rip a team for once without having to worry about there being a fan on. So I'm going to throw this first question over to you here. Uh, let's talk about some of their key losses from the offseason and who we feel the Rams are going to miss the most because obviously they lost Tom Gurley, they lost Brandon Cooks, and, I mean, Clay Matthews, Eric Weddle. I mean, those are amongst others that we were looking through and we didn't even know about. So run us through some more of the big ones uh, that I maybe have missed or or even mentioned that uh, the other stuff that you were talking about.
0: So, I mean, like those are pretty much the key ones that you mentioned uh, before we got on here. um, One I thought that they lost was Andrew Whitworth. He's the starting tackle for them. I thought he retired. I mean, he was 38 years old. But ironically, the Rams said, hey, we're just going to give you a three-year contract. His last year of his deal, he's getting paid $12.5 million. So, hey, they want to put Faith into a 40-year-old left tackle by all means. Uh, One of their biggest ones I think they're going to miss uh, you know, you could say Todd Gurley, you could say Brad Cooks, Eric Weddle. Honestly, I think he was a big presence even during the end of his career. He, you know, he he was a good safety. Um, you know, it especially helps when pretty much the only corner you can name on that team right now is Jalen Ramsey. Uh, the uh, the other starter, you know, that's on that roster is Troy Hill, and then you know the, the person that replaced him or replaced Eric Weddle, the safety, is a uh, Taylor Rapp. So, I mean. As far as top-tier guys in the secondary, I'm going to go with Eric Weddle.
1: And you know a couple guys that you didn't mention there that are actually pretty big losses? Guys like Michael Brockers, Nikhil Roby-Coldman, Coleman, is obviously famous for the infamous pass interference that wasn't pass interference against the New Orleans Saints. And they lost Corey Littleton. And, I mean, Eric Weddle retired. This team lost quite a bit on defense. And this is uh, this is not good, Marcus.
0: No, it's it really isn't, um, and we're going to discuss obviously next couple of questions of how that honestly is going to affect their cap. At you know, uh, as you saw in the off season, they got rid of some pieces because they're in cap trouble. They're in pretty bad shape with that.
1: Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. One thing that uh, I, I I thought it was good to go ahead and get rid of Todd Gurley at this point, even though they're still going to have to pay him, and that's kind of. Maybe the argument that the Vikings can use against Alvin Cook. But the running backs don't really have a, a long shelf life. And they, I think they were smart to get rid of Gurley now. I thought they, I mean, obviously extremely biased, but I thought they made an extremely great move drafting our boy Cam Akers out of Florida State there in the, in the second round. Or maybe it was the third round. I don't I don't have it right in front of me, but I thought that was a brilliant draft pick. So I don't think losing Gurley is gonna have a lingering effect since he really wasn't much of a much of a how how could you say he he didn't have much of an impact on the game last year anyway, no. um for for the Rams. So and then they still went nine and seven with virtually no run game. So I mean I I do expect them to still be pretty good because of what you're gonna bring up in this next question. So I'll go ahead and uh, have you read that one off.
0: Yeah, so obviously we mentioned um, Jared Goff. Let's talk about him for a little bit. Uh, We both are going to definitely have some opposite sides on this spectrum, but what do you think about him? Do you think he's going to develop into a top-tier quarterback?
1: I mean, if you look at statistics, he already is a top-tier quarterback and he didn't throw for as many touchdowns last year as he has in recent years, but he he still threw for forty almost forty seven hundred yards well just over forty six hundred i should say uh the year before that he threw for forty seven hundred yards the year before that he threw for thirty eight hundred uh but he also threw twenty eight touchdowns to seven picks I mean, the, the guy has been he's been a model of consistency since he's been in the league and he's i mean his top two receivers are cooper cup and robert woods he these are two guys who these these are both number two wide receivers as much as i like cooper cup and i think he's a good receiver both of these guys are number two receivers so he has been able to do this with in my opinion not having a true number one guy there
0: so i mean i think that's pretty cool so but my okay another question i'll throw it like a a part b is his statistical numbers that he's had for the last couple of seasons, is that because of how Sean McVay runs his offense?
1: Well, I mean, is Tom Brady's success only because of Bill Belichick? I mean, we can can't see fault that,
0: somebody. That's been the 20-year question, my brother. That's well, the, know, that's the thing that people don't – I mean, that we're going to find out this year, aren't we? We're going to we, find we out. We are. So, we're going
1: we're gonna to get the answer to that one. But then, you know, there's, there's going to be an asterisk there. It's going to be, well, he is 43, and he did get sacked 48 times. Because yeah. he's going to get stacked 48 times this year.
0: I, I mean, I'm not going to... I think that Jared Goff is going to be a good quarterback. I don't think it's going to be a top tier. When I think of top tier, you got, you got guys like Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, Russell Wilson. Uh, I mean, those are, to- See, those, those are top tier.
1: Those guys that you just mentioned, I have those... Uh, the way I kind of run it is I have elite, top tier, mid-tier, and then Baker Mayfield.
0: Okay, so like when I consider top tier, I'm I'm like top top ten, you know what I mean? And you know, middle tier is, you know, like top eleven to, you know, seventeen, eighteen, and then, you know, you've got your like, all right, well, they're just an you know, average at nineteen below. You know what I mean? Right. But so my tiers are we obviously, you know, elite, you know, some people top five. I don't think Jared Goff's gonna be a top five quarterback. I, I just I personally don't. Um it's just I mean, his numbers do show, like you had mentioned before. He had, you know, four almost forty seven hundred yards pa- passing, thirty two touchdowns, twelve interceptions last year. But um, just in retrospective of just comparison, and you know, the the ability to win. Yeah, okay, they did go to the Super Bowl a couple years ago. But I mean, that offense was terrible in the Super Bowl. I mean, well, that offense is generally off- and. In both the Patriots and the Rams, it was just it was terrible. I mean, the the best play of the game was Brady throwing a what was it, a thirty five yard pass to Rob Gronkowski, and Julian Edelman won the MVP. But that's beside the point. Yeah. Um, he, Jared Goff needs to do more, especially in, in the clutch moments. He, he's got to. And if this is actually this year is actually a really good test um, with San Fran being a a great team seattle being you know seattle like they've always been in arizona being a very good come up team like we've talked about in our last segment this division is going to be very very tough so hey if the rams come through and jared goff gets them if he puts gets over 4500 yards they win the division somehow hey then you know i'm eating my own words at that, at that point i mean here are some
1: numbers to look at as well man I, um you know he went 0 and 7 in his first season uh his rookie season he he only started 7 games he went 0 and 7 in those games kind jeff of rebuilding what's up <laughs> the yeah. jeff fisher syndrome <laughs> yeah exactly well pretty much exactly right but since then since that point he has a 33 and 14 record as a starting quarterback and that is that I mean, that's top tier. That's that's really good. And oh. you can argue they have a really good defense. They have all this, all this. But th- when when the dude's throwing for forty seven hundred yards and he's got a thirty three and fourteen record, that's pretty good.
0: So let's throw that out there. You say that's top tier. My boy Dak Prescott is better at that when you consider the win loss record and having this. So are you saying Dak Prescott's top tier? I want to hear. There... I want to hear from Kyle Wright's mouth that would comparison
1: no. those. Absolutely huh? not, Jared Goff is <laughs> Jared, Jared Goff is two or three steps above Dak Prescott. Oh, stop it! One hundred percent, one hundred. How many? Stop how many? It. He had more playoff wins in one season than Prescott has in his whole
0: career, Marcus. Well, I can't help that. Okay, I mean the Rams had a phenomenal defense last year with Aaron Donald and, and Jalen Ramsey and Eric Weddle and Clay Matthews, and they had a great defense. I mean, well, Lord, may- Dallas couldn't couldn't. Get anybody? They had Byron Jones as their best corner, and then when he went down, or he was playing safety, they had nobody at corner. Anybody could throw the ball on us. But that's beside the point. I'm just saying when you threw that and you said that the win loss record and the stats made him top tier, I just had to be like, oh, is Dak Prescott top tier?
1: I mean, if top tier ranks as far as what you were saying in the top 18, then he's probably he's probably top tier. I mean, i I think I have him about 11th or 12th on my top on my top quarterback list yeah again
0: this is another conversation for another
1: it, day. it is it's another <laughs> conversation but i don't i don't distrust D- jared goff at all i, I mean I, I like the guy i think he's a really good quarterback and like i said earlier he's done it with garbage uh, yeah, essentially I, 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 I agree
0: i agree he he is good there's nothing wrong and there's I mean, nothing wrong to saying that he has gotten his team there and
1: really yeah. they should have won if brandon cooks doesn't have rubber hands the rams win that
0: game. I'm, Or, I mean, if Todd Gurley didn't have, you know, arthritis of a 55-year-old man, who knows? Yeah. Because no doubt. he did so good in the regular season, all of a sudden, you know, we're like, oh, here's C.J. Anderson coming from nowhere and then running against right. Dallas and going to the Super Bowl. Like, what, what happened? What the hell? I have to wonder <laughs> if he just mentally checked out.
1: He was like, nope, I'm done. <laughs> it's That's so crazy. weird. Well, hey, let's uh let's move on here and I'm gonna throw it back to you. Let's talk about the cap issues that they're about to run into.
0: Oh man, it's gonna be great. So let's start let's start with this. So ranking first to worst as far as the cap goes, the Rams are twenty eighth. They have uh they are negative eleven million four hundred and forty four thousand one hundred and forty four dollars. Uh that number may seem pretty crazy, but like I mentioned to Kyle before the show, there's only nine teams that are above the cap space. Eight of them have a losing record. Eight. The only one who doesn't is the Eagles. So that's something to look forward to. But here's some players that are going to be um, coming up on contracts here soon, too. Uh, Robert Woods. Cooper Cup. Josh Reynolds. Gerald Everett. Now, okay, that's a, that's a second tight end, but, you know, that does happen. Austin Blythe, starting guard. Um, then you've got let's go to the uh defensive side. Oh, yeah, Jalen Ramsey. That's the best cornerback
1: be in the league. Uh, pro football focus doesn't say so,
0: but again, pro that's, football that's, focus <laughs> carries no weight, they carry no weight. Uh, their other starting uh cornerback, Troy Hill, starting free safety, John Johnson. These are all guys mm. that are unrestricted free agents, so it's. That's crazy. And then on top of that, too, they're also carrying $32 million in dead cap against Brandon Cooks, Todd Gurley, and Clay Matthews. And then the following year, they got $8.4 million again against Todd Gurley. So they've got, you know, to keep a team competitive, you've got you to have cap room. You've, you've got to be able to sign veterans because, you know, it's like any other league. You, in order for, you know, veterans, you know, once they get to a certain age, they want to be able to compete for a Super Bowl. They don't want to just get a lot of money. A lot of times they get that when they're young they want to get a ring if they haven't gotten. That's why you saw uh, quite a bit of veterans who, you know, took a pay cut to go to the Patriots. Some are doing that now with the Buccaneers. It's, it's a trend in all sports. It's just, it just happens that way. Players do that in the NBA with LeBron James. Did that in Miami. They did it in Cleveland. Now they're doing it in LA. But to stay competitive, I mean, I'm talking about too, you know, you still got to sign draft picks. First round draft picks are not cheap. If you have a high tier pick it's it's expensive, so that's why you see a lot of team, a lot of times you know when you wonder why teams trade out of the first round it's it's a cap it's cap issues if they find something they can the second round to the in the first round that's a lot of money they save so um honestly to me another player that i I might would be surprised seeing actually I'll name two players uh Jalen Ramsey I think will be gone by trade deadline another player I think will be gone by trade deadline cooper cup they can't mm. afford him. They won't be able to afford him. They they just can't.
1: Uh, I mean, I wonder. He makes,
0: uh, I mean, let, let me ask you, this, Kyle? So he makes no good this season right now or this upcoming season. Cooper Cup is going to be making two point three million dollars. Two point three. You're going to tell me he's not going to ask for thirteen next year?
1: I mean, this guy had almost twelve hundred receiving yards last year. Man, he's been. Uh... I mean, and you look at what he did in 2018. In just an eight-game span, he had a uh, he had five almost 600 yards that year. And then in t- in his rookie season, in 2017, he had almost 900 yards, and that's considerably good for this guy. I mean, that's
0: I he's going to get paid somewhere, and I think you're right. I think I don't think they're going to be able to afford him. I don't think so either. I mean, what he's his worth. Versus what he's going to get paid, that expectation, what that, how much he's against the cap, it's going to be hard. It's really going to be hard, especially if a team like, I don't know, the Redskins or hey, the Dolphins. I mean, mm. you know, they can they can come through. Like the Dolphins have the cap space for it. You've, I mean, the Bengals could use extra help with with Joe Burrow. The Colts could definitely use somebody. The Eagles, I mean, teams that are these are just above the cap. You know, you have significant room below the cap, but. These are teams that are above that if they were to pay him a top tier wide receiver money, they could afford it if they really wanted to.
1: No, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So moving on, let's get to the last part of this. Uh break down that schedule and tell me what you got them doing this year.
0: All right. So let's uh let's break this down. Uh short and sweet, seven to nine. Um I have them going 0 and 3 at the beginning of the season, of course. They got week one, first game of the season, Thursday night football against my boys. You know, Dallas Cowboys. They, I just, you know, that's a lot of expectations on the line for both teams, actually. But you know, I just think Dallas is going to pull that one out. Um, then they go week two in Philly. Uh, it doesn't matter who you are if you're going in Philly. Good luck. Yeah, week three, they're playing. Week three, re, they're playing in Bills Mafia. Oh, hey, good good luck again. Um, but then you know they got the Giants and Redskins, which are pretty much two bye weeks. Uh, week six. At 49ers. And then, you know, week seven, I have them losing to the Bears. Week eight, I have them beating the Dolphins. And then they're on a three-game losing streak again, which is very hard, too. 10, 11, and 12. Home against Seattle. At Tampa. Home against the Niners. All three of those teams are going to be potential 1-2-3 in the NFC seeding. Very possible. Very, very... Well, I say 1-2-3, but... Very possible. Yeah, right. I get it. I get it. Yeah, Seattle. Yeah. Yeah. And then but and then you obviously thirteen, fourteen, fifteen is at Arizona, home against the Patriots, home against the Jets. I have them winning those three. And then at Seattle, week sixteen, I have them losing. And then week seventeen at home against the Cardinals, I have them winning that one. So I mean it's gonna be it's kind of like it's gonna be a stagger of wins, like a group of wins. But seven and nine, I just think that's realistic. You know, nine and seven the highest i don't see anything ten, more than 10 and 6 or 6 nah. and ten. i don't i don't see that unless they just they say you know what let's restart this thing you know what i mean let's oh. let's say just let's say pull like a miami and get like a bunch of draft picks and just surprise all of us or like if jared goff goes down for the season yeah, you know but... i mean injuries like that so, but other than that if, if everybody's healthy seven and nine is realistic
1: I agree with nine and seven kind of nine and seven is my cap seven and nine is my bottom of the barrel because this team is still they they are still good enough Uh, like you know all things considered like as long as they don't bust apart like you were saying and like trade Aaron Donald before the deadline and stuff like that as long as this team holds together and they stay healthy. This is worst case seven and nine, best case nine and seventeen. Again, I have them at eight and eight. I'm gonna kind of just play the sitting on the fence game. I have them starting zero and three, and then I have them. uh, I have them beating the Giants and the Redskins, and then I have them losing at San Fran. I have them losing at Miami. I have them upsetting the Buccaneers in Tampa. Uh, I just think that you know Tampa Bay is gonna lose a couple games, and this is one of those games. I think. I mean, they're, they're still the bu- They're still the Buccaneers, even with Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski. They're, it's still the Bucks. They didn't do that much to get better. They just signed a forty-two-year-old quarterback and a retired tight end. Let, hey, let, let's slow the. Let's he, slow down.
0: He was the twenty-four-seven WWE champion. Let's just let's just throw that out there, right, real quick.
1: Was but my boy, our truth won that back. <laughs> <laughs> um I have them lose I haven't been swept out by San Fran I have them um splitting with Arizona and Seattle. Yep. And I mean I have them winning every other game though, but 8 and 8s I think that that's I mean that's not what you want and that's not going to – that's going to warm Sean McVay's seat up a little bit going 9 and 7 and 8 and 8 back to back, but this this is a team that has enough to win some games but doesn't have enough to sustain or make the playoffs i don't think they'll make the playoffs again i think that no. seventh wild card seat at least on the if they were in the afc maybe but the nfc side I, I mean i think you're gonna have you're gonna have to win 10 or 11 games to get a wild card spot in the nfc this year
0: yeah it's gonna be tough uh it honestly is I, I i think you're right you know if they go seven to nine you know McVay's seat gets a little hotter i don't think it gets that hot i think you know you start to hit you know tap warm water that's about it. I mean, yeah, Sean McVay is, that's a, what I mean. is a phenomenal coach. I don't think he goes anywhere. I think, like, if you're are on our last uh, our previous segment with the Niners, I think Jared Goff goes before Sean McVay goes. I I, I do. I mean, I think that if let's say if, you know, let's let's throw a perfect scenario if Trevor Lawrence goes to the Rams and he's paired with Sean McVay, that I mean, they're still gonna they're gonna be successful. So. Uh, but like you said, Aaron Donald, if he goes, I was like, oh, like <laughs> that team would be terrible. Like honestly, oh, like they that's would, like that's that is over. The anchor of the defense, and he if he goes, oh my goodness. I mean, in a way,
1: that's the anchor of the whole team. Because right now, yeah. you say, who do you think about when you think of the Rams? You go, oh, Aaron Donald. Everybody's yeah, going to do some,
0: that. Some people are like, oh, Jared Goff. It's like, okay, man. Like, I mean, it, don't act like you know. Two years ago, Todd Gurley was the focal point of your offense, right. <laughs> Well, Marcus,
1: you got anything else for this, man?
0: Nah, buddy. I think we pretty much hit hit all spots on this stuff. Uh, it's it's pretty nice to be able to do a segment by ourselves. We we haven't done one this in like two months. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. We do miss
1: having fans on. So we'll be back on Monday, and I believe we are going to the AFC West, and I think we're kicking it off with the defending Super Bowl champions. Yeah, and and the Denver Broncos. By the way. We might be doing this again for the Chiefs of all teams. Really? Just us. Yep. As of right now. As of right now. But we'll see. All right, guys. We will be back on Monday.